Welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. I am Nate, and this is episode 42, Grasping by the Thorns. Please don't forget to rate and review us wherever you got this podcast, like perhaps iTunes, where podcasts go to get rated and reviewed. Also, you could help us out a great deal by recommending us to your D&D drama-loving friends. Let's get into it. Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Sable, Jalen, Jessica, and Carolina confront Cora about her involvement with Archdruid of the Circle to Land, Gardenmaster Wu, and discover that he has been assassinated by fairy agents. She says, oh yeah, um, the, the, the aesthetics were wrong and the wind was blowing in from the other way. I just look really annoyed. Yeah, Jalen kind of cocks her head to the side and says, Cora, we need to have this discussion. House Farathi put all of their champions on a manhunt to find the gardener uh, from House Frikers, uh, a woo. I'm going to that new tree. If we want to talk about it, we can talk about it there. Six people from town that I, I don't recognize uh, found Mr. Wu incapacitated in some way, and they inexplicably eliminated him and then brought him to the edge of the property and dropped him in the view of one of our stable farriers who panicked and came and got me last night. So under the tree is what's left of that problem. Sylpha and Leslie had a long chat that started with awkward relationship stuff and ended with kingdom politics, also awkward. It didn't go very well as Leslie tried to impress Sylpha with their political skills and Sylpha wanted to talk romance. There are a few critical tidbits that matter a whole bunch. As part of our project, we mean to try to uncover information which may have been lost to the thorns. The Arch Sage is an expert at information handling and espionage, and I can tell from reading between the lines they're heavily invested in trying to figure out where the power structure in House Mason lies today. There is something or someone that a 950-year-old powerful wizard with the ability to give away magic items like candy to children is terrified of, and I haven't found what it is. Okay, let's get into it. I'm Nate, and I will be your Dungeon Master. I'm Sandra, I play Sable the Druid. I'm Mandy, I play Jalen the Rogue. I'm Julie, I play Sulfa the Wizard. Alright, last we left our heroes. I believe Sylpha and Leslie were having a conversation and just wrapped it up. Jalen and Cora were having a conversation and just wrapped it up. Sable... Jessica and Carolina were having a conversation and had just wrapped it up. And that is when the visitor bell down the hill at the base of the orchard rings, and you hear the response ring from up by the manor house. It is very, very late for a visitor to be arriving, as it is almost dark. Someone at this juncture would be risking their lives. If there was a delay, they could be eaten by monsters. and. Up the drive walks Cygnus Swanson. <laughs> Faces are being made. <laughs> Heads are shaking. Oh no. We were out in the grove, so I'm guessing that I'm not seeing it. 
the grove is kind of on the side of the hill, so if you step out away from the trees, you can. What's everyone going to do? I imagine that Silpha and Leslie have departed the rope trick space and were making their way arm in arm across the grounds to return to the house. I think Jalen was already in the house because she just got finished talking to Cora and she was probably hanging around waiting for the dinner stuff. So she'd go check out the arrival. What do I know about reincarnate? Because I rolled a 20 trying to figure that out. What would be required to reincarnate somebody? Like, is a bone enough? You have to touch their remains. It's not clear how much is required to be there. They can't have been dead for more than 10 days. The spell creates a full new adult body of a random race and sticks the soul from the old one in it. Okay. If the soul isn't free or willing to be reincarnated, they are not reincarnated. Then I need a piece of remains. You also know that it requires a pretty powerful druid. I know. More powerful than me. I realize that. But still, I want something. So if I still have Jessica and Carolina there... Yep. I think that we may have one very tiny chance to help the circle and maybe Master Wu. I don't know if Yennefer is powerful enough to attempt to reincarnate, but I know that Wu had the materials for it, and I know that his body is here. So if we could retrieve a bone of some sort, we might be able to send it to her and see if she can bring him back. Um. I mean, it's the only downside is that it is admitting to House Farathi that he is not missing, he's dead, and that he was here. How much do you trust Yennefer Farathi? I don't trust anyone. I don't trust you. Okay. I'm offering you a chance. It's the only chance that I know of. She kind of looks down at the tree. I didn't want him dead. I still don't want him dead. I don't like all this killing. She's giving the ground a very hesitant look. Carolina, he brought all of the materials with him when he came to try and kill me. Yeah. I think maybe he intended to bring me back. Well, we're going to need those materials. They have to be somewhere. Yeah. What's the longest we can wait before we do the reincarnate? A week. Not long. But it might be enough for you to find the materials, and I can certainly get this to Yennefer. All right. Well, if we've got a week to find those materials... It shouldn't take more than about four or five hours to dig this back up. We can come back tonight. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking maybe tomorrow we actually go looking for the materials. Actually, you have a thing you need to do. I'll go looking for the materials, and I can put this plan into motion, and you'll be back tomorrow evening to to help. Yes. Okay. And she turns to head back inside and says, I'm going to go see if I can't find Miev. She'll know what to do. How much do you trust Miev? Says, I trust her with my life. And the life of my partner. All right. And she will turn and head out. Jessica is barely following this conversation. That's fine. I just give her, underneath all of the stuff that I wear over my face, I will give her a wan smile and say, sorry about that. She says, uh, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't even know what you're apologizing for. I'm not sure what's going on, but, uh... Well, at some point in the near future, I'm going to ask you to help me dig up part of a body. Okay. Do we need to get rid of the other part? Because I got a place we can do. We can just, like, dump it. No one will ever find it. I look a little pale when she says that. No, no, it. I'd, I'd leave the rest of it where it is. 
When you arrive, a, a small group has gathered around the famous slash infamous Cygnus Swanson. He is lapping up the attention in the way that Cygnus Swanson always does. And he is holding a scroll of paper with the royal seal right on it. And there's a sort of collection of servants and lesser House Lunari members kind of piled around. And Gina walks in and around a corner and you can hear a kind of disgusted like, what the fuck are you people doing? At which point everybody is suddenly really busy. <laughs> and they sort of spread out and grab things to dust with and disappear around corners leaving Gina and Cygnus in the hallway. And Gina says, if I sent you away, you'd be dead, so start talking. And Cygnus kind of looks around and says, that, um, I have a letter. It's for, it's for Vanessa and Silpha. And he extends the letter, and she picks it up and says, you're sleeping with the servants tonight. And Cygnus kind of frowns at this and says, I'm... Okay, <laughs> where do I? And she's like, you'll figure it out. And Cygnus looks kind of distressed, doesn't know where to go. And Gina is clearly being an absolute jerk to him. But when Gina turns around and says, Silpha, get over here. You have a letter. You're all within earshot at that juncture to hear that. I think as Silpha and Leslie walk back to the house, Silpha has been very quiet and lost in thought. And may not have even seen Cygnus and the servants who were gathered around yet, but as she enters the foyer area and hears Gina call out that she has a letter, she will come forward. Gina hands you a letter. It is still sealed. And she says, looks really important. You'll probably want to open that. There's space in the study over here. And she jerks her head to the side and opens the door, and Cygnus kind of steps through into the study, and, and Gina gives him, like, this really dirty look, and Cygnus just shrugs. I think Silpha's face is probably more or less an absolute mirror of Gina's. There is a fair amount of contempt and what the fuck are you doing at my house in her expression. Cygnus kind of gives you a whelp kind of gesture, and nods his head at the letter you're holding. This seems to be important official business, so I think you should find space within the servants' quarters and leave us to read our mail privately. Cygnus nods and steps out and says, Well then, in accordance with the letter written therein, you have my deepest apologies. I look forward to seeing you in court. I will not again smirch your name as Lord Mentor commands it. And he turns and walks down the hallway looking lost. I give a little sigh and say, come on, Cygnus, come here. I'll show you where the servants' quarters are. Come on. Cygnus follows after you. You're poisonous. You're the one person in the world Cygnus does not hit on. <laughs> Good. I silently direct him to the servants' quarters basically into like the area where all the people were that I slept the other night. Mm -hmm. Or actually, I guess it was last night, wasn't it? Night before last. You walk through the orchard. And I will check in each one of the little places until I find one that has a bunk. And then when I do, I'll say, here you go. Cygnus settles in and pulls out a loot and starts looting. I'm off back toward the house. All right. 
Aunt Gina, is my mother still present? Yeah, I believe she's somewhere. I can go looking for her. It is addressed to her as well. Okay. Well, you decide. It's your mail. Silva will open up the letter. You pop the letter open. It says, It has come to my attention that I have let an issue of one of my most esteemed citizens brew for too long. I have seen it my personal duty to write this, to correct this wrong, and I would like you to join me in court at your earliest convenience once again. You will be instated as a full scribe of the court, and this will be a essentially full-time assignment. Please return immediately. I have instructed Mr. Swanson to correct the error of his ways, and we will see to your education once again in the most appropriate fashion. And it is addressed to both Vanessa, who you know is in court every day anyway, and Silva, who you know is not in court every day. So in response to this, Silva wants both the advice of her mother and the Lady Miev. So you can go wandering, you can find them both. They're probably in the dining room area, sitting around the table. The dinner is still being set up, but they are at the same side table they were last night, chatting pleasantly because your mother's involved. It's mostly who loves who gossip that Miev is pretending to be very interested in <laughs> and not always succeeding. Mother, I have received an official missive from the court. Oh, come in, dears. Please sit. Congratulations on an official missive. Yes. That means you're important. Well, I would like yours and the Lady Miev's advice in how best to respond. Miev kind of holds out her hand unceremoniously. Silva will hand over the letter to her. She will pull it open and read it again out loud. And your mother says, Hmm, good news, bad news. This is very clearly a attempt to regain control of a situation he feels is out of control. Which means someone on the estate may have indicated to Lord Mentor that you were not in control. And Miev looks it over and says, I don't think I have the ability to delay this. In which case you hear from behind you, because Leslie has sort of followed you in, but kept a respectful distance, says, I have the ability to delay this. The two women look over at Leslie, and Leslie just looks at you, Silpha. Well, I think I have an idea of what you are suggesting, and I am not sure I like it, but I am not sure I have much alternative either. Leslie smiles and says, Well, some of the things we discussed would be all the more easy if we do this my way. Lord Mentor will then know exactly where you're at. Both Vanessa and Miev look a little confused at this turn of conversation. They don't seem to know what Leslie's getting at. I'm very concerned that if I consent to have you do that, it will create complications for me in the future. Leslie smiles. I'll let you think about it. And she turns and heads back towards the nursery. Miev says, I, I don't know what Leslie Evans has in mind. Certainly... Isaac Evans was a quiet shut-in who liked magic. It seems bizarre that they would have any recourse with Lord Mentor than than I would have. Silpha, what is what is she talking about? I'm not sure how Silpha handles this in front of her mother. Well, you know, if you want everyone to know, you should tell Vanessa Lunari. Yes. <laughs>
My lady, I, I have an idea of what Leslie is intending. Miev says, well, if you think it will work, I recommend you do it, because this this plan doesn't really work without you, and the more we delay, the more Lord Mentor specifically delays it, the less likely it is to ever happen. Your mother has kind of a wicked-looking smile on her face, and she says, does Leslie Evans have dirt on Lord Mentor? And Silpha smiles back broadly at her and says, Leslie Evans is one of the cleverest people I know, and she has a host of tricks at her disposal. And your mother stands up and says, well, I clearly need to have more conversations with Leslie, and I'm going to go do that. As she goes to walk by you, she kind of leans into your ear and says, just remember, Lord Mentor is very kind when he gets his way peacefully. And she squeezes your shoulder and walks by you. So once she's out of earshot, I think Silpha will say very quietly to Mia, maybe even using the message cantrip, I think that Leslie means to impersonate me at court. You see Mia do some calculations in her mind and come away with a smile. And then she says, I think that would be perfect. Everyone will think you're there. In which case, you cannot possibly be here. Yes, my lady, I agree. I'm very uncomfortable with it, but I think that if Leslie and I discuss some boundaries, that perhaps this will work. Good. Well, I'll leave you to it then. One of the servants came by and says, Cygnus Swanson's here. Do you want me to get rid of him? Getting rid of him is as good as feeding him to thorns beasts. <laughs> Well, I have some tricks that are a little bit more direct than that. I can at least get into town. It doesn't matter either way to me, so long as he does not cross my path. Very well. And she will stand up and head out of the dining room. So, what do you all want to do tonight? Well, when Leslie leaves the study, Jalen's going to flag her down and say, can I have a word? Absolutely. She'll probably take her outside and kind of out of earshot of everybody. And say, listen, I had assumed Kylan was going to go lay low in the sewers, and now I'm a little worried that that's not what he's doing. But I need to tell you, there are three guild members down there who missed everything. Leslie's eyes widen significantly. Ray, Jordan, and Lisa, they're not high-ranking at all. They were working on the project. I need to make sure that they day with the guild they have too much information i uh-huh. i'll deal with it i'll deal with it first thing tomorrow okay and and leslie about that project kylan told me that it runs 10 miles north and i believe the north part because the guild is on the north side of town and it doesn't make any sense to dig through town was he lying about the 10 miles is it longer uh, to be honest it's basically a mine shaft. I have been down it, and it's it's tough. It's tough climbing. It zigs. It zags. I I have no idea how long it is. Do you think you might snoop around down there and see if there's a map showing where it goes? Yeah, I'll I'll look into it. I can tell you from my previous snooping, there isn't a map in any of the places I looked, but I wasn't specifically looking for a map. So I'll see what I can do. Okay. And Leslie, I... how long have you known about Kylan and me, who we are to each other? You do know, don't you? I remember one of my earliest memories is 
our father discussing with Uncle Kylan your upbringing. And he did, in fact, call you his daughter once. And all I can say is that everyone was careful to never do it again. And I didn't realize I had a big secret there. But I would have been, you know, six, maybe? Okay. Anyway. Thank you. Thank you for telling me now. I hope you know I didn't, I wasn't lying to you. Leslie, everybody was lying. But it wasn't your call. And I can appreciate that. I can tell you Jessica definitely did not know. Oh, I don't, I believe that. (laughs) She nods at you and says, Look, I feel like I misled you, and that I feel bad about this. And Leslie gives you a hug and says, Let me try to figure out what the hell is going on in town, and I will get you a note every day with any information I can find. Thank you. I'll let you, um, I'll let you spend some more time with Sylpha. (laughs) And she winks at her. Leslie blushes, and it goes all the way through the illusion. (laughs) And you hear Vanessa come up behind you and say, Leslie, Leslie, let's chat, darling. And the two of them disappear. Jalen will go back and try to find one or both of her friends. Is Sable in the house? No, she probably went back out to the to the meditation spot and is keeping an eye out for a nightbird or a bat that she might be able to send a message with. You can definitely find a bat. That makes sense. You get one that is somewhat lightly mutated. It's got scales in weird places, and its wings look almost reptilian, but it's a bat. She's going to send a message to Yennefer from the bat. A fairly direct message that'll just say from Sable. Do we trust one another? Question mark. Should we? Question mark. And leave it at that. Okay. It has not escaped my understanding that she is not sending me any messages back. No, but it does sound like she's at least acting on the first one. Yeah. Yeah, but for her or for her, for me or for who? Yeah. Yeah, unclear. Yeah. And then I'm going to, I guess, borrow a shovel. That's not hard at all. There's lots of shovels. You find one and you can dig. Give me an athletics roll. Oh, God. Really? No. Yeah. What is her athletics? It's a minus one. <laughs> oh, shit. This is why she wanted Jessica to do it, but... <laughs> Uh, I did roll a 17, though, so that's a 16. 16. Good. Yeah, you apparently had a good haul of energy, because while you're not great at digging, you do just fine. You kind of dig around the base of the tree, manage to tilt it so that you don't really have to, like, lug this thing out of a hole, and can reach around it and find, honestly, like a fully intact woo, complete with a backpack still on him and all of his equipment. Including the stuff that he'd had when he was coming for me? Yep. I'm taking all of that. Okay, you pull up a backpack full of reincarnation components. He has a set of silver gardening tools. Okay. That look sharpened. (laughs) Okay, so he's got the reincarnation materials, and he has those. Does he have anything magic on him? No. Okay. He um, was not a wealthy man, although silver gardening tools is... That's very strange. ...way more money than your average person would have. Yeah. And they are not good gardening 
Silver is not a good material for gardening. You you imagine these are hidden weapons, essentially. Yep. I am going to steal myself, and I'm going to use his gardening shears to cut off a finger. I'm going to say I'm so sorry, Wu. I'm going to see what I can do to write this. Uh, you have a finger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he gives you the finger. Uh, <laughs> I put that in the backpack. You want a toe? I can get you a toe. <laughs> a green thumb, literally. Oh. oh. I'll put that in the backpack along with everything else. All right. And go back to the place where I've arranged to sleep. And I'm going to sleep on top of that backpack. Yeah. It's a late night for you, because when Carolina estimated three, four hours, that, that is about what it took. You rolled well enough, you were a little on the fast side. But yeah, it's late and you're dirty by the time you go to bed. Yeah. Our heroes settle down for the night. Sable retreats to hide at an outbuilding with the mass of farm workers. Jalen climbs into bed with her sister, which offers some comfort, at least until the snoring starts. In the governess suite, Silpha and Leslie talk late into the night about how to best impersonate Silpha at court, setting ground rules for everything from fashion and polite niceties to the work ethic she holds herself to as a court scribe. None of them are ready for what is about to happen, but they're going to do it anyway. That is what makes them the heroes of our story. Morning comes round. There's morning music. <laughs> Miev knocks on wherever you're sleeping very early, like crack of dawn. And she doesn't look like she bothered to get ready for the day at all. She's kind of wearing, looks like she must have borrowed somebody else's clothes because this is not what a lady would wear. She, she appears to be ready for some outdoor work and beckons you to come with her. I think Silpha packed up the night before everything she could conceive of needing into a bag. I think Jalen probably did something similar, similar, like laid out everything ready to go and then also made sure that Jessica had everything laid out and ready to go. I need to cover, basically you're, you're going to go to the Thorns with your standard adventuring equipment that you always carry. That part is assumed. What I do need to cover is how you intend to scout in the thorns. We did the preliminary scouting with Jalen flying. And right. then we have a sable. She can kind of work a little bit ahead and make sure there's nothing monstrous or terrain-wise that's going to get us in trouble. The idea was that I was going to scout ahead and let them know if there was anything in our path. And then they were going to take the golem through in the direction that I pointed. Okay. If you wanted to, a way to, for Sable to stay Sable, but have an, an alibi for why you can move through the thorns. I mean, Jalen and Silpha understand that Sable can move through the thorns, but she probably doesn't want Jessica to know. Silpha can offer you. They're, they're very rare, but I have these vials of an antitoxin that permits some limited movement through the thorns. You could take one. Wink, wink. Hmm. <laughs> Just take the vial with you. Don't actually take it. <laughs> yeah, that's what it means. Yeah. I mean, my character would be like, sure. Roll me deception, Silpha. Silpha is pretty deceptive. Though. My deception is plus five. That's a 19. Nice. Okay, yeah. Jessica's totally buying this thing. She's like, oh, neat, magic. I don't know why we don't have this magic more readily available, but wow, neat. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost it's, like somebody doesn't want us to have it. <laughs> it's very rare. Very expensive. 
but yeah, she she's totally drinking this up. What NPCs are you going to take with you? Jessica. Just Jessica, right? Like, she's the only NPC we're taking? Unless Carolina's coming. I don't think so. That's not the plan. Yeah, I had thought that basically Miev is not to hire a party to go into the Thorns, and since Carolina is attached to her house, she's not going to send anybody who might be, you know, basically, like, directly traced back to her. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Riley, if Riley would be coming. Riley's a little shy around the Thorns these days. Yeah. Yep, no. Imagine that. Okay, so it's the four of us. It's Silpha, Sable, Jessica, and Jalen. Okay. Going to shove the extra backpack, sans silver equipment, into Carolina's hands. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, in common, take care of this, would you? And in Druidic, I will say, I think it contains everything you need to help Wu if you want. She nods and takes it from you and says, I'll handle it, and takes a big step back. And Miev kind of steps up and says, okay, well, this is exciting. We'll be here when you return. You have full autonomy now. I would tell you which one of you is in charge, but I don't honestly think someone needs to be. So get in there and make us proud. We will, lady. Yes, ma'am. I turn into a weasel and wait until everybody says they're ready, and then I'm going to head off into the thorns. Be careful, Sable. How are you going to communicate, like, which direction we should go, or... Well, we know which direction to go. Okay. Our job is to tell you when there are obstacles, basically. Yeah, way back, we had determined a set of squeaks and sounds that I could make that let you know that things are okay, not okay, Mm -hmm. big baddie, stop, things along those lines. One for yes, two for no, if, if we ask her a question. Yep. Weasels has a little pause that they can move around pretty well, too. It's very expressive weasel. <laughs> yes. Jazz hands weasel. One of the reasons I chose him. All right. All right. I slip into the thorns, and what I'm going to try to do is stay 30 or 40 feet in front of them where they are. Mm-hmm. Well, even further than that, going up to about 120 feet away and checking for things and, and listening for sounds and that sort of stuff. Okay. If I come across anything, I want to let out a loud screech to let them know that pause basically give me survival roll to start off our adventure survival survival i will survive la 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 i get a five plus a seven is a twelve well all right so it's broad daylight most of the big things have gone to sleep muriel the golem turns towards the the thorns and announces this is gonna be great and proceeds to rain fire and ice in a wild 15-foot swath, swinging a scythe at incredibly deadly angles, absolutely mowing down a nine-foot thorn wall. As it follows, Sable's instructions. Silpha's instructions? It's following Silpha's instructions to follow Sable, essentially. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Jessica hasn't seen this thing in action yet. I imagine her her reaction is priceless. <laughs> Jessica's jaw is like on the floor and you can just see like a smile getting bigger and bigger and bigger (laughs) as this thing just wrecks destruction Yeah. in all directions in front of it as it just roars forward. And Jessica looks downright sadistic (laughs) at certain points, just thrilled. Yep. Jalen says, I thought you'd like this. She gives you a shoulder punch. This is great. (laughs) Jessica is, of course, at her first monster truck rally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Minus the beer and hot dogs, yeah. but otherwise, yeah. So nothing. I don't run into anything. So your first hour of thorns hiking, uh, you're not able to move it at, at a walking pace because basically this this machine kind of moves at about a third of your speed. It can absolutely move at a walking speed, but it has to stop and burn things 15 feet at a time, and that slows it down a lot. Burn, freeze, slice, burn, freeze, slice, yep. But slowly but surely, you, you make your way into the thorns. After about an hour, you're pretty sure you've gone about a mile. Sandra, give me another survival roll. Oh, how about a natural 20? Yay! You immediately spot the smell of something recently dead just kind of in the path. If you continue forward another probably 60 feet, you are going to hit a recently dead thing. Very lore frequently absorbed whatever other lore came along from various religions or moved with travelers. The Irish and Scottish Doinashi and their fairy king Finvara are one such set of characters. In early versions of these tales, these people were like giants with great connection to the Celtic gods, powerful warriors of immense size with a love of strategy games. For a period of history, they were then more like men in the tales, and they play out a lot like Greek plays. But over time, and the influence of Christianity, the stories evolved to be more and more like the rest of fairy lore, where creatures become much smaller and much less challenging to monotheism. These creatures dwell below the hollowed hills and burial mounds and tombs. Finvara, their king, is considered to be the king of the dead at times, and at others, he's just a really good guy, and if you can win his favor, he'll get you a good harvest and strong horses. He's known to be quite the womanizer, though, and frequently fetches maidens from the surface world. Fairy tales often tell of men challenging Finvara to get back their lost loves, beating him at chess, or finding a way to expose his kingdom to the daylight, which would win back a fair lady from his clutches. Despite their connection with death, they're considered benevolent creatures. The way to get the best of the Doina Shi is to carry a shovel and get really good at chess. And there you have it. Simple as that. Okay, let's get back to it. I'll climb up a thorn thing and give Muriel a like a two hands up. Whoa. Yeah, Muriel stops at the direction of a tiny weasel. <laughs> yep. But looks at Silpha for confirmation because Silpha's wearing the necklace. We pause. <laughs> pause. We pause. Yep, exactly. That's what pause means. Pause for pause. I'm going to follow the smell of the dead thing. What is it? So you step out. I'm being pretty... I'm trying to be stealthy if it's required. There might have been something eating it. When you get into this space, it, it's like a, a mole, like a ground mole, only it's been badly mutated as sort of a massive shark fin. Huge kind of gills coming out of it, and it has clearly flopped around and then died here, smashing down thorns into a little bit of a clearing. Looking at it, you can tell immediately it drowned, essentially? Like, it apparently it mutated gills and that was the end of it but it's it is huge it's like horse-sized it's got a shark fin it's got massive burrowing mole claws it looks dangerous this is our forest shark <laughs> land shark <laughs> but it's dead it is absolutely dead roll me still something dead is gonna attract other things what am i rolling you survival 
15 plus 7 is a 22. 22. So all around the dirt underneath the thorn wall, there's like mounds. It's mounded up like something is sort of surfing through the earth almost, causing Mm -hmm. these mounds. And with a 22, you know that this creature definitely caused one of them. There's evidence of two other similar creatures of similar size. And you would imagine with a 22, the ground here cannot be stable if something that big is burrowing right next to the surface. There's probably holes, all kinds of holes or would-be sinkholes that haven't collapsed yet surrounding this space. That's way too complex for me to try to get across to them as a weasel. <laughs> so I'm coming back to Muriel and everyone else and turning back into Sable, who's probably still dirty from the night before. Mm-hmm. So, so we got up first thing in the morning and set off, right? Mm-hmm. She says, so something in front of us that at one point was the biggest mole you've ever seen died because I think it was turning into a shark. Is that what they called those things with the big fins and the teeth? Sharks have big fins and teeth, I think. So yeah, I think it was turning into that and it couldn't breathe. So it died, but it was clearly burrowing through the ground. We're going to have problems going this way. We might want to try to find a way around, make sure that we're not going to step into a sinkhole that'll take Muriel down. All right. Well, let me see if I can't find a path that doesn't have burrows. We can chill here for a minute, wait for you to get back. Yeah. Your previous 20 stands, you know basically how to get around the burrows. Okay. It does require some scouting, so you'll have to run back out and figure out where they don't go, but... Well, I'll stay sable for this. Your role is sufficient. Not only did you spot the problem, but the cause of the problem, and you know a way around it. So yeah, half an hour or so later, I'll come back and say, okay, I think I found a way. So you take a detour. It, it kind of wraps out around. You, you basically go for another hour. You have bypassed the danger. What is the passive perception of everyone? Eleven. Thirteen. Those of you who are immediately behind Muriel have a minus five, because Muriel is loud. So six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my or yeah, so thirteen minus five. Mine would be an eight. Yeah, Muriel's just very loud. Yeah, mine would be fourteen. So Sable, you feel a tremor in the earth. Okay. That you know is not Muriel who does make some tremors. But it, you're far enough away you shouldn't be feeling her. Yeah. And you you know that something is is around. And it is either big or down. Hard to tell just from the shaking, but you you get advance notice. There is something here. All right. Well, I'm hurrying back to everybody and saying it's on its way. What's on its way? Whatever this thing is. It's either under the ground or it's really big. It's shaky. Okay. Jalen's going to pull out a crossbow and draw Fairy Bane, which everybody here should be okay with. Everybody here has been around Fairy Bane enough that no one needs to roll. So, everybody give me a perception roll, please. No minus this time, you're specifically looking for this thing. Because Muriel's not cutting right now, right? Yeah, if you stopped Muriel, she's absolutely as quiet as a statue. So I got an eight. (laughs) Fourteen. Okay. I got a five. Five. (laughs) Should I roll for Jessica? Yeah, give Jessica a roll. I think she's... Oh, she did well. She got a 16. So, Jessica and Jalen, I think the reason you see this is because it comes from behind. Across the path that you have cut, which is a 15-foot swath of burnt, charred, and frozen vegetation waste lying on the ground, a hill forms as a shark fin crests out of the earth and crosses the path, basically making this 
almost three feet high mound of dirt that sort of pushes this fallen vegetation aside and it disappears into the thorns but it you saw it 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 is here and it is circling you and it's big mm-hmm. and it's it, that shark fin is a good three feet high all right shark fin and she she's like she points to the big mound the line that it that it made yeah. I think Jessica like immediately pulls a crossbow and and is is like what what do we what do we do? Well, if it comes back, be ready to shoot it. I might be able to keep it from attacking if if it comes out of the ground before it does. Selfless, like how is that adaptive? <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least this mole has a shark fin for warning. <laughs> I don't think the thorns are made for adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> it's evolution's playground. Let's try this. Let's try this. <laughs> so nature rolls would be appropriate if someone would like to. I will roll nature. Oh gosh, I'm way distracted. I rolled a two. Oh damn it! And I'm not even gonna look. Jalen got a ten. I got a ten as well, and that was with a plus seven. So with all of your skills combined, <laughs> fuck, that's <is> messed up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what you come to. A minute goes by, it's kind of quiet, and then you feel the tremor again. And again, near that same mound, that fin just sort of crests again, and appears to be making some pretty rough terrain, essentially, back the way you came. And again, it falls quiet, and a minute goes by. Do we want to stay here while it circles us, or do we want to make a move toward the glade? Why don't we have Muriel try one more swath and see if that's what's provoking it to come back? It might be responding to the noise. That sounds reasonable. Okay. So Muriel takes a big step forward, and you feel the earth shake a little bit, because Muriel is an extremely heavy creature, and she lights the next bit of ground up, and you see, coming directly down the thorn's path towards you, that shark fin, and it is beelining directly at you now. Would you like to do anything, because you have approximately six seconds before this thing is under you? Shoot it with fire! <laughs> is there enough room to, like, get to the side of its of the mound that it's making? Or would that get us too close to the thorns? So here's, here's the deal. The swath that Muriel cuts is 15 feet wide. This thing's shark fin bulge of earth is overturning probably 10 feet worth of ground. So you can all jump to the side, but it's going to be deck saves to not touch thorns. Right. Maybe get up on Muriel? We could all get up on Muriel. <laughs> Sofa will levitate. Sofa lifts off the ground. I am trying to ready a spell. I don't know what we have as far as initiative goes, but I would like to do a spell right after everybody else has a chance to attack. Mm-hmm. Tell me if this is unreasonable, because what I'm picturing might be different from what you're picturing. But I think Jalen would like to do some acrobatics, like do an acrobatic move and jump over it as it reaches us so that then she's behind it. Okay, you're prepared to essentially do a leap. Jessica points the crossbow at the fin, and then is like, it's a fin. And so... (laughs) Aim below the fin. She'll fire at it in the earth, so go ahead and roll Jessica an attack roll at disadvantaged. Uh, Well, 17 at natural 20, so with the 17, she got a 23. Yeah, she hits. Uh, Roll her damage. she, She doesn't get sneak attack. No, she's more fighter than rogue. Jessica, we took you for a reason. (laughs) Four. Four. Okay. She didn't hit it very hard, but... Mm -hmm. No. But she hit it. She hits it, and you hear kind of a squeal under the earth, just like a... 
and the fin goes down. And so whereas it was charging you, it doesn't come out immediately. And the, it goes quiet for a moment. And then the head of this thing is going to tear its way out of the earth at Jessica because she is the one that is clearly still on the ground and slightly moving. I had a spell ready for when it emerged. You did. So this massive head tears out of the ground. You may take your readied action before it bites Jessica. Yeah. So I have a piece of jerky in my hand. Okay. And I hold it out and I go, ho, ho, ho there, big guy. We don't mean you any harm. And I say that in some sort of strange juridic language and cast animal friendship. All right. Julie, roll me a d20, please, for this creature's will save, I believe. Wisdom save. Wisdom save. Unless it has an intelligence of more than four. It does not. It got a 13 on the day. So that means it got a 13. What's the DC? 14. Okay, then it fails by one. It tears out of the ground, lifting Jessica off the ground and tossing her back five feet, which is not enough that she can go into the thorns or anything, at which point it stops and turns its gigantic head towards you, Sable. Want some jerky? A <laughs> massive mouthful of rows of shark teeth. I throw it. <laughs> like doggy head flopping, and then you throw it like, yeah, it eats it up happily, snaps, and then makes a, a snuffling noise, kind of like a mole might make. Yeah. And then proceeds to pull its body out of the ground. So this thing basically fills the path now. It is kind of taking up like a 10 foot by 10 foot wide space. Its body is very thick and wide, and it looks like an armor-plated mole with shark fins coming out of its side and a shark's maw. Hey there! It kind of happily thumps with these very short but big sort of digger claw legs kind of panting up to Sable and then just like nudges you with its gigantic head. Oof! Hey there, big guy! And I pat it. It's like, don't shoot it, Jessica! While I'm <laughs> keeping my attention on it. I think Jessica would have shot it if she had not been like blown off of the ground by yeah. its immersion, but she seems to be regaining her composure. He's all nice and calm right now. Let's just not hurt him. It snuggles up next to you. If you hurt him, he's not going to be nice and calm anymore. Uh, what do you want to do with him, Sable? <laughs> <laughs> you need a meal, big guy? It sort of huffs at you. Okay. I'm going to take that as yes. How far back is that carcass? Well, I mean, you've, you've moved an hour around it, so like... Oh, God damn it. A ways... All right. I can't really tell this thing to do anything. All I've got it is charmed. But it will be charmed for the spell's duration, which is 24 hours. Okay. Uh, yeah. Tell all your friends we're good people and leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> he could bring up the rear. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you, you can't direct him to do stuff? No. It's just a charm. Oh. I do have speak with animals as well. Which would give you the ability to probably give him some limited commands. Yeah, I'll go ahead and cast it. It gives me ten minutes. Okay, you cast it. The creature says, Oh boy, oh boy, oh, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. I'll say, are you hungry? Yes. Yeah, is it in your, it's in your, it's in your thing. And it kind of nudges the back towards your pack. No. Oh, oh, my jerky. I open up the pack and I take out everything that I have in jerky. And I was like, you want this? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, I dump it all out on the ground and like I kind of scatter it and let him play with it. It 
sort of snuffles around happily, pulling jerky off the ground. It doesn't seem to have a tongue, so like it's it's quite an effort to get it to snap up this jerky, but it seems quite content to do that. Yeah, I'll help it out a little bit, and then I'll say, way that way is a big old meal. Oh boy, oh boy. You want to go get it? It gives you this big, like, happy puppy nod. Oh boy, oh boy. Go get it! Please don't bring it back here. Don't bring it back, just eat it. <laughs> it immediately yeah. does this dive. It does this leap, which takes it at least ten feet in the air, as it then turns and face plants directly into the dirt in a way that sends, like, mud and dirt just flying in all directions. And it's gone. <laughs> oh. I just keep grinning. Sable, that is quite a trick. It's it's interesting, she says, that the thorns gave it an ability to avoid the thorns. That is interesting. I don't know if it's coming back, so why don't we get back on the move as quickly as possible? I am mm. all for that. Well, Sofa's not going to waste the levitate spell. She's going to go up like a little bit higher to see. Pretty much into the tree canopy, and with just a tiny bit of manipulation, you can get a good sight of the open sky, and you can see, because this willow tree is ancient and bigger than the rest of the trees around it, you're very close to it. Like, another ten minutes and you'll you'll be at this tree. So, Sofa calls down as she gently sinks back to the ground. We're really close, I think. Another ten minutes or so of work, and we'll be there. And Sylpha, go ahead and give me a perception check while you were up there, just to see what else is out in the world. It's daylight, so it's going to be at a disadvantage. That's all right. There's a lot of glare up there. Actually, that's not bad. I got a 16 and a 17. Oh, that was pretty good. A couple things you notice. One, there are some birds in the distance. They are not normally sized birds. They are dangerously large birds. Two, they appear to be circling vulture-style around a smaller squat stone building and another large tree that is not a willow. It's, it's much more like a kind of like an oak and redwood, strange, bizarre combination thing. But they're basically giant vultures circling a stone building near a big tree off in the distance. You don't have any idea how long it would take you to get there. So she describes this as well and relates that information to the rest of the party. I did see something really weird while I was up there, but that's off in the distance, quite a ways. Sable, roll me nature. Everybody else can give me history. I got 12. I got a 20. Uh, 12. That tree does not sound natural in any way. 20 with history, Mandy. Given the direction and the description of the building, that is probably the old cemetery that served the entire kingdom the crypt yeah the crypt that guire was talking about yeah that is probably guire's crypt okay she says i i think that might be the crypt but i'd have to pull out miam's map to be sure oh so we'll get there eventually i suppose yeah that's ominous if we get to glindy maybe we could look at it look at the map Silfa, there is one more thing you notice a little bit of smoke coming out from around the willow tree, just a tiny bit. Oh, shit. Mm. And so Sofa additionally relates this information. She's like, I think we'll be there very shortly. Concerningly, I saw some smoke about the tree. Like a chimney fire or a building on fire? Like how much smoke? Or maybe just someone camping. If we were that close, we'd be able to smell like a big fire. It's, it's not a big fire. You can't smell it. It can be somebody camping. I'll get to the edge and find out. You get to the edge of the clearing first, because you're you, and the 
the robot is a, a bit ways behind. What you see first in this clearing, it is a, a beautiful clearing. The remains of a hut. It wasn't very big, but it has definitely been knocked down and, and lit on fire. And but it got up again. It ain't never going to get down. No, it's definitely still down. Uh, <laughs> but it, it could have a whiskey drink and a vodka drink, given the sheer number of shattered glass oh. that is all around this hut. And there is a mound of flowers at the base of the tree that looks uh, like just discarded flower petals in a mound. And this tree looks a lot like, like, it's obviously not your tree, but it looks a lot like tree. It's the same kind of willow. It would, seems to be about the same age. A big, big, massive ancient tree. Is there anybody that I can see? Is there any fire that I can see? No. So the hut that was knocked down and covered in shattered glass appears to have been lit on fire at some point, probably a day ago. Okay. And it's, it's out. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Great. So I will say in Sylvan, Great Willow, may I enter your glade? But of course, Sable Valyria Varathi. I step into the glade then, and I'll say, can you tell me what happened here? Who lived in the hut, and what happened to them? Hmm. I can tell you these things if you wish. However, I can hear your creature coming. Do you mean me harm, Sable? Absolutely not. Hmm. If you serve as the tree I know serves, you are our memory. Yes, I am your memory. I would keep you alive. Those who travel with me do not have the immunity to the thorns that I have. They are simply making themselves a path. I see. Do you wish to wait for them, then? No, please. Do tell. Hmm. This pile here at my roots is what is left of Glindy. She called herself the Good Witch, but I believe she was one of the fairy folk. She was dispatched by an entity in dark armor with silver weapons. They then knocked her hut over, smashed all of her vials of, I believe, apples? and then lit it on fire as they left. I see. You say an entity. Do you know what it was? Hmm. It was a masked mortal, likely. It did not seem to hear my words. I see. Had Glindy lived here long? Glindy has been here for... Hmm, many years. Many, many years, yes. Long by your standards. I see. Given your height, I would say longer than you have been alive. We only grow so tall. <laughs> you must understand that I may not be a good judge, Sprout. I am little more than a Sprout, yes. That's probably about the time it takes for them to get there, because he talks real slow. He's, he does, yeah. That's fucking adorable. <laughs> Tree talks real slow, so you can actually probably get there. Muriel blasts a last wall in this thorn wall, and the first thing you all notice, Sable, this is not noteworthy to you, but to those of you who have not been to one of these willow trees, in a perfect circle around the sort of influence and shade of this tree, the thorns stop, and as you blast 
the wall open, there is a really idyllic glade. It has some shade grasses in it, but is otherwise just calm. You do immediately see this pile of flower petals and this knocked over, slightly smoking hut and so much shattered glass just like twinkling in the in the little bit of sunlight that streams down through the willow's branches. Jalen says, holy shit. What happens here? I pick up one of the flowers that's in that pile, and I'll say, here lies what remains of Glendy, and put the petals back down. I believe that was her hut. When did this happen? Sandra, your passive perception is sufficient to tell you that there is a pair of shoes underneath those, oh. those petals. Okay, I'll look at those in just a minute. I'll say... I turned a tree and Sylvan say, can you tell me when this happened? Mm, yesterday. Can we hear the tree too? You can hear it, but it, it is both speaking Sylvan and it is speaking it in a dialect so slow it takes a little while for you to realize that there are words. Well, Sylvan speaks Sylvan. Uh, yeah, Jalen speaks Sylvan too. I think Sylvan is, we determined at the start of the campaign, is like the... It's the fairy language. It's the fairy language, but only royalty learns it. And I think you picked up some of it in the finishing school. But yeah, after the first kind of half sentence, you realize it's talking to you mm. and then can start listening. I think the sight of tree itself is probably a little bit staggering. Yeah, tree's huge. We've never seen anything this big or this old. And you've never heard a tree talk. And we've never heard a tree talk. So I think Jalen's a little shell-shocked. Mm -hmm. just, just sort of overstimulated with this entire, the sight of this entire thing. Jessica, by the way, not as smart as you, did not actually learn any of the uh -huh. Sylvan she was taught in school. Does not know what's going on. I'll say, Tree, these are my companions. Jalen, of the Evans family. Yes. Silpha, of the Lunaris. Hmm. And Jessica, also of Evans. Yes. The device you mentioned is a golem we put together with the help of another to help us traverse the thorns. It means you no harm. Right, Muriel? Muriel says, I hope we get along just great. <laughs> and the tree kind of rustles a little bit, and then it says, Jessica Evans, Silpha Lunari. Jalen, Witherbranch, Evans, welcome. I start digging through the flowers and kind of offhandedly say, I think you had questions for it, didn't you, Jalen? Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. We'll let you formulate those questions for just a second. She like, <laughs> wants to point out that it, it gave you a middle name, an extra name. Witherbranch, yeah. Witherbranch. You pull out from these flowers, Sable, a, like, disco platform woman's boot. <laughs> I love the fairies in this story. <laughs> There's a second one in the flowers. Uh -huh. So, yeah, I'm pulling these out as we go. I do want to point out to everybody who's looking, at this point, Sable is settled on the ground next to, next to the tree. She is leaning on the tree and sifting through these flowers and pulling out these weird platform shoes. But she looks more in her element than she has looked in a for while. ages. She looks so much more comfortable here. Although she is giving these shoes a very quizzical look. They glisten. Sparkle, you mean? Yeah, no, they absolutely sparkle. They are rhinestones and glitter, man. 
I, w- I just want to know if they're magical, so... They sure look magical. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do anything with them right now. I'm just going to tuck them away in my pack. Uh, it's okay, Jalen. The trees are here to provide knowledge. That's their purpose. Yeah, I know. I, I just... Is this a good time? I mean, he lost his friend. Or was she a friend? Trees, trees lose friends all the time. The tree's voice starts, and of course, takes a long time to even finish a single word. But it says, She will be missed, but I have been here for countless generations. And while I cherish each one of you for your time, you go very quickly. Sure. Uh, She walks up to the trunk and she says, and kind of holds her hand up and says, Is it okay to. Can I touch you? Yes. She touches it and says, why why did you call me Wither Branch? It's your name. I just get this little half smirk when you ask that question. Like, she knows exactly what he's going to answer. <laughs> when last an agreement was brought to me regarding you, that was your name. When last an agreement... How many agreements have been made for me? Two. Who made them? Your assumed parents. Well, I think we can say your mother was not assumed. So, Gail, and who is the other one? I am required to state the bylaws of my limitations. I can tell you of agreements that pertain to you and you alone. Are you willing to have your associates overhear this? Is it possible for you to tell me without them hearing? I am afraid they would have to get a ways away. My whisper is, well, this loud. (laughs) We're happy to give you privacy if you want it. If you don't mind. If you really don't mind. This was all we were planning to do today, correct? Make a path to tree? Um... Ask it our questions. Jessica is kind of like, uh, I mean, you can listen to Groaning Branches all you want. Let's <laughs> let's walk back like five minutes this way and turns and starts stomping. I'll say, Jessica, do you have any questions for the ages? Uh... I say that with a smile on my face as I'm like leading her away. We're going five minutes away. She kind of looks back and is like, hey, what's the, what's the baddest ass thing around? And the tree goes... Hmm. He says you are. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, yeah, I love this tree. And she, she stomps, she stomps off. And as she's leaving, the rest of you who actually speak Sylvan hear it say, well, that would be Lord Mason. Hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm. Okay, so once everyone's out of earshot, she'll say, please tell me. The tree says, um... A man claiming to be your father negotiated for the rights to call himself such in the eyes of the Fae. His name was Kylan Evans, and he has agreed to hold the prestigious rank of Hound in the court of the Fairy Queen, and in exchange, you cannot be affected by lycanthropy. 
What does it mean to be the Hound? The Hound, as I understand it, is the Queen's personal assassin. Of course. She looks around at the hut and down at the mound of flowers. Can can we see the, a body at this point? Did Sable uncover it? No. The mound of flowers is the body. Is the body. <laughs> yeah. Is the body. Okay. I took the platform heels, though, so don't don't you get any ideas. I wasn't that... Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the worst thief ever because I don't steal anything. We're watching you sneak thief. Except lanterns. I'm sneaky. Yeah, I stole a lantern once. I'm just sneaky. That's all. I guess I stole that book for, uh, for Sofa yeah. and Mio's house. The tree will actually continue. I misspoke earlier. There are three agreements now. There was a new one as of yesterday. Made by Kylan? Yes. Which was? He is to complete three assassinations. And in exchange, you will be exempt from the role of the Hound. Three assassinations just for me or for my friends as well? Hmm. You are the only one named in the exemption. Is he the one who... She looks at the smoking hut and all the broken glass and the flowers and says, um, was this one of them? The three entities were not named, but I can assume, given some of the other agreements that came to my ears, that it is likely him, and she is likely one of those named. She turns her back to the tree and leans against it and sort of slides down until she's sitting. And she says, and what was the third agreement? Hmm. Or the first, or whatever. From Gale of the Wither Branch, Wild Fay, court mistress, you may not be approached by any fairy to make a deal. You could roll nature, knowledge nature, which is knowledge of the fairies, to know something about fairy titles, but it will be a disadvantage because fuck. <laughs> because <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I got a 13. Wow, okay, still pretty good. <laughs> So you, mostly from exposure to Silpha and Leslie from previous conversations and a little bit from Lynn, know that there are two true fairy courts, summer and winter, and then there's this legion of wild fairies that do whatever the hell they want, and some of them form courts. And you also know, also from previously previous roles in this podcast, that the fairy queen owns her own court and is considered a wild fae. So it is very likely that Gale Witherbranch is a member of the Fairy Queen's court and a member of the wild fae. Does that mean that she is definitely fae? Can somebody be a member of the court without being fae? With a 13, I can't answer that question. Okay. Okay. Jalen does not know. Although she probably realizes a name like Witherbranch is a little suspect. It's kind of like names like Mirkwood. Like Mirkwood, yeah. yeah. And so I think she is going to ask, she says, is, is Gail a fairy? Yes, of course. She is a entertainer in the court of the fairy queen. <laughs> Your mom was probably a changeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Gail made an agreement that they can't approach me. Correct. You can, of course, approach them for agreements as you see fit, but they cannot pressure you into an agreement. What was the price for that? <sighs> At the time that the agreement was made, Gale did not know the other prices that were coming, but 
It was a very light offering. She simply agreed to remain in the wild court. She had been considering taking you and leaving the kingdom. Did she make this deal before I was born? She did. Okay, and then a deal to protect me from lycanthropy for which Kylan has to attack enemies of the Fairy Queen. He does. Was that the only condition of that agreement? Mm, the office of the Hound is complex, and I am not a keeper of the definitions of the office. But there have been many hounds on this side of the Fairy Gates, and I can tell you that... The Hound's duty is first to eliminate threats to the Fairy Queen, and enemies of the Fairy Queen are inherently a threat. Though it is quite rare to be declared an enemy, the Fairy Queen's allies are quite rambunctious. Yeah, it's a rare honor. Look, uh, can I affect these deals? You are allowed to create new deals but you must instigate them. But these deals will stand until such time as your 21st birthday passes, in accordance with the initial agreement. New deals could modify them, or allow you out of certain portions of them, as all three of these deals were made with the same entity. Though they cannot break the original deal, they have a tendency to find ways around some of them. And she'll look at the mound of flowers and she'll say, uh, was he at least quick when he did this? Extremely quick. I see why he was chosen for the role. Yeah, he's good. He's very good. You don't know where he's going next? I can tell you he left northwesterly. Out of character, is that the direction Sylpha saw the crypt? It is. He has to complete these three assassinations before I can talk to him? When these assassinations are completed, you will no longer be an enemy of the Fairy Queen. And should you be declared an enemy again, the Hound is not under any obligation to eliminate you. Okay. She's going to stand up, and she's going to look around the glade at this perfect circle of thorns bordering this glade. And she says, Tree, hmm. can I ask you a very weighty favor? I am very limited in my ability to do anything as a tree, but if it is within the power of a tree, please ask away. May I cut Three of your willow branches to keep. One for each deal. Hmm. On one condition. Mm -hmm. That I may choose the branches. And that if you eliminate these deals, you bury the branch where you stand when the job is done. And if I don't eliminate the deals? Well, then you may carry them for as long as you wish. But on your 21st birthday... The deals will be void, if you so choose. What happens when I bury them? They will grow, and I will have children. A thing that is very rare for a tree such as me. And they'll be fairy trees like you? This I cannot say. It is entirely possible that they will be mundane. What if I bury them before the deals are broken? I would like this, but I cannot ask this. 
But it would be all right if I did, she says with a little smile. I would find that quite honoring. All right. Choose your branches. So tree has the least amount of movement. Matt, like This is not a tree ant. It is a gigantic awakened tree. So it can move about as much as a tree in the wind can move. And a few of the willow branches shift a little bit. And you see three of them kind of move significantly more than the rest. And they are covered in this kind of white, puffy, cottony seed. These three. All right. She will climb the climbable parts and then... She's going to ask, is it all right if I use a silver knife? The material makes no difference to the tree that is cut. All right, good, because that's what I have on me. She'll draw the birthday knife she keeps sheathed on the inside of her forearm, and she'll cut the three branches. Okay, it cuts like a normal tree, and you have three branches covered in willow seed. She will, she'll kind of coil them almost like a rope, and then take out a piece of rope and tie them together so they don't spring open again and then she will put them in a small sack okay and say thank you tree this is thank you that's an honor it is rare that i cheer for one of your kind but i would like you to know that should you meet success it would bring me great pleasure why <laughs> it is extremely lonely out here jalen there is a kind of drama in parental love that I do not get to experience. Perhaps you will bring it to me. You think my mother loves me? That is a difficult thing. The Fae are not capable of love in the sense that the mortals recognize. But I sense that she would have kept you if she were capable of it. Okay. I think the others have some questions for you, too. Feel free to send them in. I will be here until such a time when I am not. All right. And she will walk out to find the others. Yeah, they didn't go too far. So you folks are hanging out near the absolutely torched and trashed thorns in the, you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes that that conversation took. Tree's a very slow talker. You, you can actually see the thorns growing back in. You imagine you will have to still cut your way back out. It's not a straight shot at this juncture all the way back out. I think to fill the time in which Jalen was having a conversation with the tree, Selfa would tell Sable about the favor that she owes Thalia and her desire to look for certain rare plants that are presumed lost to the thorns. Yeah, Sable, you know that these plants are in fact still rare even with access into the thorns because the thorns choke out most of the sunlight so you have to find kind of very rare natural glades or spots where bizarre things have happened with the earth where there's like a jut of earth kind of above mm -hmm. the thorn line so it's it is not a small ask but you are probably literally the only one in the kingdom right now capable of doing it all right i'll ponder that i'll say you know i i'm sure i've seen one I'm not sure where, but then she'll pretty much get lost in thought, trying to remember. And she seemed a little lost in thought since they entered the glade where Tree was. So she'll ponder it and start trying to like figure out where she might be able to, to find locations based on what she knows of the thorn path that they've already cut. I think if you were to find any of these 
it would be appreciated. I'll remember that. And thank you. Mm. So, Jalen, you can get back together. Let's bring this group back in. So you all are hanging out by where we came into the glade? Well, further away than that, yeah. They had to be about five minutes walk away in order to avoid hearing. Right, right, right. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just jotting something down real quick. Dear Diary, Nate's an asshole. (laughs) I actually kind of saw this one coming. I'm sorry. It's all right. (laughs) Sometimes you foreshadow things and people are like, wow, that was good foreshadowing. I didn't see it coming. And other times it's just there. Yeah, she'll approach and she's not, she's not exactly visibly upset, but she's obviously, there are gears turning over in her head Mm -hmm. and she is very, very serious. Your world has been shaken a little. Uh, Yeah. And she says, okay, I think I asked the questions I have. I know you all have questions and then we have Miev's questions. Did you find the answers you wanted? I don't know if it's what I wanted, but I I have answers to my questions, yes. That is why I could not let Wu cut down the tree. She looks at Silpha and then back at Sable and says, changeling is becoming a popular word, isn't it? I think Silpha would say something like you too, except she doesn't know what you want to share with Jessica and she's not sure Jessica, well, Jessica probably wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. Sable, this is my fault. What is, she says, with a little bit of a, kind of like, a little bit of a resigned sigh. Glindy, the hut, this is my fault. I very seriously doubt that. If you mean it was done in your name, that's an entirely different thing. Sofa nods. You don't get to take the blame for what other adults decide to do. Maybe. If Miev had questions, Sylpha, you should probably bring those to Tree. It takes him a while to answer, and we'll lose daylight if we keep going. And we will leave it there. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Don't forget to recommend us to your friends. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson from My Pet Machine for our tunes, and Julie from Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo. You can find them both on Facebook. Tune in to find out what our heroes discover as they investigate the scene of the crime. What will they do next? Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. Letter from town was a trap. <laughs> I thought it would be a summons for like all three of us. Like, uh-huh. you have performed honorable duties for the kingdom. Why don't you appear in court? Come get your reward. Come like, get your reward. It's, <laughs> a, like, tarp. it's a tarp. It's a tarp. How sensitive. He sent Cygnus Swanson, the people person I like. Yeah, oh, that please, was on too. purpose. That was totally on purpose too. I guess I need to do his portrait soon using a uh, Justin Bieber. I really, I did, I did. I had, I had like, like that, that very much that, that Playboy kind of.
haircut that Bieber is famous for. In uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like Swanson. Oh, wait, and he's got like feathers, like a yeah. It's like it's feathers, and now I guess he's got like perfectly symmetrical, like black. Oh, he's, he's got like a line. He's got like a black line or something coming down his forehead from when you told him to take a walk in the thorns. <laughs> Using blood magic. Imagine him as a cross between like Justin Bieber and someone who's just like a really pretty man, like um, Reeve Carney, like Penny Dreadful. Uh, That's our. Uh, uh, uh uh Yeah, like I I kind of imagined him like that. She was going to marry Lord Byron if he wasn't a heinous person. Turns out he wasn't. Not at all. Not at all, but then that path was barred by the guy who's trying to exert more control. His mother was a heinous person. Yeah, that's yes. true. That's true. And she likes Silpha. Silpha reminds her of her. <laughs> it's, very, it's very Devil Wears Prada. It's like, uh huh. <laughs> Someday you will follow in my footsteps as the Dark Lord of House Mason. 